Hi, uh, welcome to Movie Butts. I'm Arnie Joe, and this is Dane. Hello, I'm Dane. This is yeah, that's Dane. <laughs> um, this is a movie podcast where we um, do a bunch of math to determine the best and worst of a certain topic. Those topics include things like directors, franchises, studios, actors. What's something else, Dane, that we could do? I don't know. I always try and think of something else, and I just can't think of one. Theme of redemption. We could put exactly uh, 19 million movies on your in your uh, algorithm next yeah, time. See, that's... I choose the theme of redemption, best and worst of. See, that that would ruin my entire week if you did that. Um, but yeah, so what we do is we pick this topic and then um, to find the best and worst of the topic, I use a bunch of critical aggregates. Those include Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, Metacritic, the box office, the budget. Sometimes we have to throw in other things like awards just, to, just in case there are donkey votes. And then, um, you know, it gets all averaged out and then there's a clear best and worst. Sometimes it's not as easy as that. And sometimes we cheat, but for, for the most part, it's uh, it's the math. The math is God. And uh, yeah, so, you know, we'll talk about the movies and hopefully we aren't too inappropriate. What movies did we watch this week, Dan? Uh, we watched the best and the worst of the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, uh, excluding, um, I think, two dumb ones. Yeah, so extra dumb ones. I thought it would be best to keep it concise to the original canon. So the original canon starts with Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, just, yeah, the Nightmare on Elm Street. And then uh, that goes until Freddy's Dead, which is uh, the end of the original run of the franchise. After that, there was Wes Craven's New Nightmare, which is a bit of a meta one. Um, yep. Not really set in the same universe. It's set in our world in a way. So it's like an, another level uh, above. And then there was the the remake, which doesn't count. Um, and then Freddy vs. Jason. Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah, and Freddy vs. Jason. Which that's canon. That's, canon. Uh, that's like saying Alien vs. Predator's canon. It isn't. I do say that. It isn't, though. I say it often. No, well, it's you're not. wrong. You can be fucking well, wrong. Well, I think it is. No, I think well, it is. Well, you think wrong. Um, Whenever I sit down to watch Alien, I got to go all the way through to Prometheus 2, and I include Alien vs. Predator and Alien vs. Predator Requiem in there, and I watch all of them, and I think this is happening in the same universe as Ripley. Ripley, believe it or not. This is... You know? <laughs> Um, this is uh, that was that that sucked. Um, uh, that sounds completely depressing to me. I would do not want to even fathom the fact that they're in the same universe. It it hurts my hurts my soul. Um, so for the math this week, um, we ended up uh, as a result of the math watching the original Nightmare on Elm Street and the final one in the series, which is Freddy's Dead, the final chapter. Um, mm. The original one uh, is a very successful B-movie. Um, Metacritic score is quite low, but it's a horror film. It's a B-horror movie, but audiences fucking love it. It made a lot of money and it was made modestly. Um, so, yeah, on almost every category, it won. Even though the Metacritic was low, it still won. Um, after that, the the scores actually get a bit murky. Um, they're all over the fucking place. 
Um, the next best one is Dream Warriors. It's the only other one that really critics kind of liked. Outside of that, they're all pretty well hated outside of the cult community of, you know, horror fans that love these fucking films. But the reason Freddy's Dead mostly uh, got the worst is because it's when the franchise kind of took a real nosedive off the cliff financially. Um, the box office and the budget uh, as a median uh, was underperformed incredibly compared to the previous one. So that's why, and and um, uh, spoilers, it's not very good, but um, that's the reason we watched Freddy's Dead. Um, do you want to give us a plot description for these two films, Dane? Yeah, so, <clears throat> I mean, everyone knows, but A Nightmare at Elm Street is um, pretty much about this uh, girl named Nancy who lives in a small town, like very typical American, middle, Amer- white middle America sort of town shit. Yeah. And um, her and her friends are having this nightmares about the same dude. Um, and then one night fucking the, one of them ends up dying in her sleep like gets fucked up and then the the police are like oh it was her boyfriend and then nancy's like no it was like some motherfucker in our dreams uh and then everyone's like you are crazy and so she's like i gotta get to the bottom of this mystery and uh freddy's dead is uh about <laughs> um F- freddy now a very well-established uh, Looney Tunes character. Thank you. Um, I was about to say the exact same thing. He, yeah, by this point, he's pretty much Bugs Bunny. So he, he um, has, it's, it's made in 1991, but set in 2001. And uh, Freddy has killed all the children in uh, Springfield or Springwood, wherever the fuck they live. And, um, but, and he can't leave the town apparently. And so he sends a, the, the last remaining teenager into another town where his job, unbeknownst to him, he's there to lure some more children into the town where Freddy can then keep getting up to mischief by either killing those kids or getting out of the town. It's his motivations make no sense. It gets complicated and it's bullshit. So let's just get into this because I'm not fucking going to sit here and explain Um, all this shit. Before we get into talking about the original one, um, what are your thoughts on the franchise as a whole? Are you a fan of the Nightmare on Elm Street films or... What's your experience with them? Before this, uh, I hadn't seen any of the original six. The only ones I had seen were Freddy vs. Jason um, because it came out when I was just in high school. Wait, so you'd never seen the original before? No. Oh, wow. I hadn't seen it before. That's interesting. Yeah, so all I'd seen was um, Freddy vs. Jason. I saw that at the movies. And um, I watched A New Nightmare, which was the first one I saw. 
Interesting. And I really liked it. Uh, I already knew who the, the dude was because, you know, he's like a cultural figure. Right. Um, but yeah, I'd only seen those two um, before this. So I haven't seen two to five. Okay. So it was pretty entertaining. Uh, I, I knew that um, going into it that he, that the character of Freddy becomes more and more cartoonish as it goes yeah. on. Yeah. Um, but going from one to six and having seen none of them was uh, pretty jarring. Yo, definitely. Um, yeah, that's, that's a very, in- this is a very interesting perspective to hear on it because I'm, I'm of the ilk of, I rented them all out on video when I was far too young and watched them, you know, like these are part of my, these films are part of my childhood. Mm. Um, <laughs> some, I know how fucked up is that, but that's, what's weird yeah. about Freddy Krueger is like, he became a MTV cultural icon. They yeah. were selling Freddy Krueger children's pajamas. Apparently every motherfucker in the eighties had his poster on their wall. He became mm. like a, a rock star. And he's a pedophile fucking serial killer that fucks you up in the dreams. Yeah. And in the first one, he's, um, I, I found him to be genuinely unsettling. Yeah. There wasn't much funny about him except for, you know, he does play a few jokes, but it's like shit that's funny sure. to him, but it's all unsettling and horrific. Well, uh, in, in terms of the series, the first one, I guess the best way to describe it is a, like a B slasher film, would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. You could say it's it's definitely a slasher film. Like a B-grade slasher movie, it's relying a lot on shadows and practical effects. And I think Freddy Krueger is genuinely unnerving in that movie. And slowly mm-hmm. but surely, until Freddy's dead, um, even the way they shot them changed. Like he becomes more, it becomes more high key. Like you start seeing more and you know, and things are becoming far more, I, I guess, again, like the lighting, how different is the lighting for in the he's, original? Yeah, he's, yeah, in Nightmare, he's he's mostly in the shadows. Yeah. And then by the sixth one, he's so heavily, like, overlit that um, you can just, it's, it's, there's just no mistaking that it's a rubber mask. It doesn't yeah. even... They didn't even bother to like wet it or no. anything. It's just some cunt in a mask. They just stopped caring by that point. It was yeah. it was Bob Shea from um I think it was not Miramax. Um Oh god, I can't remember the studio's name now. I feel like a fucking idiot. Um the ones that did Lord of the Rings. It was the, the New fr- Line. New Line, thank you. Th- these are the movies that uh that made New Line. That's why some mm-hmm. people call New Line the house that Freddie built. Um yeah. which is cool. But um yeah, so the uh, from my perspective, the series went through a slow, kind of, or maybe not necessarily slow, but a gradual change in into a pop culture sort of thing. So mm. Wes Craven originally intended the first one to be a standalone movie um, outside of the tacked on fucking ending, which is annoying. But the third one, like I'm, I'm in this really weird predicament where I'm like, I really wish there was only the original like, I think if you had just the original, it would be perfectly fine. And mm. then they just kept milking the fucking, you know, the cash cow. But also, mm. you haven't seen it before, but the third one is actually a, is a hoot um, right. called The Dream Warriors. Um, so, I'm in, a, I'm in a bit of a predicament because I'm like, without, without one, well, so if it was just one, we wouldn't have three. And then maybe we wouldn't have New Nightmare, which are the only three that you really need to see. 
Then you go down into the next level, which is two and four. So two is like this really weird uh, accidental homoerotic film. So like, it's like one of, you know, those movies that are gay, but aren't gay. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street 2 is like the pinnacle of that. And it's like funnily, in a very funny way, homoerotic. So if you're into that kind of cringy shit, it's awesome. And then four is like mental. Like it's an MTV music video. Um, you know, he's getting around in sunnies and shit and you're like, what the fuck is going on? And then we get the next level, which is five and six, which are just absolute trash. So they go through a lot of changes and things and like it's not it's not chop and changey, but it's like, yeah, it's this slow, gradual progression into Bugs Bunny essentially yeah well i've heard that the uh, second and third one are quite good especially the third one yes which uh i am probably gonna watch because i watched um i watched them with my wife and she now wants to watch all of them because i don't watch movies with her often yeah <laughs> and especially horror movies because i do not enjoy them yeah at all but she does so She's like, let's watch all of this shit. And I'm yeah. like, actually, I am pretty interested to see where this goes because I felt like after watching the first one that even with the tacked on ending, and I know about how the hit, like the the top wasn't supposed to come down according to Wes Craven. That was just tacked on for, you know, sequel purposes. Um, but even with that in there, it still felt like a fine standalone film to me. And I was thinking how the fuck do you make a sequel to this because the whole thing is like a dream which is what mm-hmm. i really liked about it it's like yeah how do you make a sequel to this because sequels demand linearity and the film yep. is so purposely built um to 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 be dreamlike in its structure and that you it leaves you with this feeling of not knowing what's real and to make a sequel to it is to suggest some kind of linearity some sort of reality to the yeah, film yeah which ruins it would, would ruin it for me i mean well, i don't they, know i haven't seen it they do try to force a bit of that into all of them and even with the and with freddy's dead they're they're going into the whole that the guy's the last kid from elm street and he has this child and all that bullshit. Like they're they're really tacking on, like trying to keep it somehow that there's some sort of through line there, which is really shit. But they all end the same way. They all find a way to defeat Freddy, but there's no stakes simply because you know there's another one and you know that he's going to keep coming back. And that kind of gets to me a little bit, you know, like it just, the, the ending for all of them eventually end up sucking because... I don't know. It's like the, it, it doesn't. It, it's not rewarding because you just know it's just going to keep continuing until, I guess, Freddy's dead, where they kind of gave up for a little while. But I don't know. It just. I guess that's just all slasher movies. It's not. I guess not I why mean, you watch I them. Quite, I quite liked the ending to the first one. Yeah. I mean, even. I mean, I could give or I could honestly give or take, like his, um, return at the end. Um, yeah. because it, it, it's, uh, scary. I mean, yeah. it's horrific because it ends with, you know, her saying 
you know what, Freddy, I don't actually believe in you. And then he mm. disappears and then she's in a good dream. Um, but then the top comes down and it's the color of his sweater. And then he <laughs> pulls the mum into the, through the door. Which is hilarious. Um, that was like clearly yeah. a blow up doll. Yeah. But um, like to me, that scared the shit out of me. Cause it's like, yeah, like anything like you thought that you had defeated him, but that was just part of Freddy's trick where yeah. he's like, you know, makes you think you've won and then surprise bitch, I'm back. And yeah. I'm just going to keep fucking with you forever. That's, that's scary to me. And I actually prefer that than the, um, you know, the, the sort of Baba Duke style ending of like, Actually, it turns out that if you don't let fear conquer your mind, then you win or some shit. Which, I don't know. You know, might have been really cool and different at the time, but for me, I'm currently sick of that shit. So oh, I was happy to see. Yeah, that. but you've got to look look through it, look at it through a 1984 lens. You mm. know what I mean? Like at the time, like would have been really nice at the time. Yeah, and and in the context of the movie, I do think that fits. Mm. Um. And, you know, maybe, I don't know. I think it's just like the compounding of the the top coming down and the, I, I think they could have had that really idealized dream without the top yeah. coming over and without the mum getting sucked in and still make it feel ominous. Like, I still think, I don't think those yeah. two little cheat things were necessary. Like, you know, you pan over and you see the kids dance, like skipping rope and stuff and, and, and it just feels Very wrong. Cheap. Yeah. yeah, it's it's very cheap. It goes against the um, the subtlety of the rest of the film, which yeah. I feel like it is um, deceptively nuanced. Definitely. When I was when I was watching this, like during the fucking first, because I watched it twice mm-hmm. during the first screening, I was laughing and I was like, "This sucks," but then it stayed with me, and I. Th- couldn't stop thinking about it right and then i went back and watched it again and then i was like actually i think this rocks yeah i i I still don't know exactly what he did on purpose but what do you mean like elaborate well i mean uh i mean like so the so like the bullshit like i don't like the dialogue I, i was i was laughing at the dialogue and the horror tropes throughout where it's the like, b the b movie shit right yeah where it's like oh wow conveniently no one is able to communicate exactly what the obvious issue is because yeah. therefore you you know you suck all the tension out of the the thing um but then when it sat with me and i was like actually that's kind of what dreams are like that's yeah. what like a nightmare is like in that you can't properly communicate something that's bothering you to yep. someone and people um, act very bizarre. Like their, their dialogue is very stilted and odd and their reactions to various circumstances um, don't make sense. But I mean, they're not completely over the top or totally underwhelming, but they're always just a little off. Yeah, And in a way that... I was like, this sucks. How did Wes Craven become a good director later? And then I was like, wait a minute, but this guy isn't a hack. You know that. So he surely had to be aware of these things. 
And then I was like, okay, well, I'll watch it again thinking that, okay, he's doing this on purpose. And then when I watched it again, I then became obsessed with trying to figure out what was a dream or what isn't. And where do I think that the dream starts and where it ends. And then, then flipping through it, I'm like, you can't figure it out. He's purposely made it that you can't figure it out. And that's scary though. And it leaves you with this awful feeling of not knowing what's real and what isn't. And that's where the real horror of the film comes from. And the slasher character be damned. Like that's what makes the film really scary. And that's when I was like, oh, actually this rules. Yeah. I'm sorry for laughing (laughs) the first time this actually owns. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's like, I don't think there's anything wrong with laughing though, because Wes Craven is, um, his two biggest films are A Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream and Scream to a far more obvious extent. They're both, they both have their tongue kind of in cheek. So I don't Mm. think it's, I think it's like really comes down to your perspective when you watch those movies the first time, how you're going to experience it. Cause scream also is laughable at times. And like, if you, if you, if you're not in on the joke, then you could just be like, what the fuck? This isn't a horror movie. What the fuck is going on? But Mm, once you realize that he's wearing both hats and that's pretty much what he's done his entire career, I've noticed, um, which, which has resulted in some movies that a lot of people don't like simply because they can't pin it down. Um, mm. That's when it becomes really fun. And yeah, the like the over, like just they overact in that movie. And mm. it's just like, it is a commentary on a lot of those B fucking slasher movies. But then he's like, but I'm going to give you something extra. I'm going to make you scared. I'm going to make you disorientated. Mm. And I guess like, and then plus the practical effects, you're in for mm. a treat with this film. You know, it's yeah, just I think not, it's actually, it's just not sticking to one stream in that sense. Yeah. I think it's actually pretty genius because, um, like the horror tropes that are present throughout all slasher films, um, are obviously present in this one. Yeah. But then he has an in narrative explanation because you can always be like, oh, well, it's, you know, dreamlike. Yeah. <laughs> Which um, it, it both is and it isn't. But I mean, the fact that there's an, there's an explanation that exists in the film, therefore makes it, makes it okay in my books. Like, oh, m- much more it's palatable. Fine and, it's, and it's enjoyable. Yeah. And um, like I saw Scream, you know, when, when, it, when it came out and I'd seen that a few times. And I was always under the impression that... Um, that was like not necessarily a new thing for Wes Craven, but I thought that the first time he had really done it, I assumed was a new nightmare and that right. he had done that in a new nightmare, not just the meta thing, but I mean the tongue in cheek thing. Yeah, no, that's he just done him. that. Yeah. And he had done that in a new nightmare um, as a cynical response to the uh, corporate exploitation of his genuine horror character and i didn't ever think that um the original nightmare like still had this um this energy running through it yeah which it does and it's and it's much more subtle yeah 
Um, they eventually stop lacking any form of subtlety in the series. And it's like yeah. people only saw the... For some reason, it just developed into just the absurd. Like, it just didn't... They just stopped caring about scaring people. Like, mm. I don't... I did not find Freddy's Dead scary at all. Oh, my God, no. And you know what? Like... I had no idea what the fuck I was supposed to be thinking. And I don't think they knew either. You're meant to be thinking, was... this is cool. This yeah, is I cool. Meant... Freddy's I... back. This is cool. Yeah, I guess that's it. But like, it was it was so fucking mind numbing. And this is the difference. In Nightmare on Elm Street, I was constantly thinking where I'm like, wait, what's going on? Like, even when I was critical of it the first time, I was still at least paying attention and yeah. noticing details. I was attentive in my viewing. Yeah. I had tuned out so fucking hard by the second half of Freddy's Dead that towards the end where she's actually throwing ninja stars at Freddy, yeah. I, I was just like stone-faced, like just letting it happen. I was noticing it, but I just was paralyzed until like, a, almost a minute after it had happened that I turned to my wife and I was like, did that bitch just throw ninja stars at him? And she's like, yeah. And then mm. I just cracked up laughing. And I was like, I can't fucking believe how awful this is. How, yeah. how far it has strayed from what it originally was. It doesn't make any sense. No. Uh, so when I was watching uh, Freddy's Dead for this, so I've seen Freddy's Dead a few times, maybe two or three. Um, the time I was watching it, uh, there was a gentleman that is a film student at our house who serendipitously sat and watched a bit of it uh, with me. And he was annoyed and confused by everything that was happening. Like it yeah. hurt his brain what was going on to the point where I just turned the film off. Like, <laughs> like I didn't need to finish Freddy's Dead. You know, I've already seen it. It's... Yeah, so... You're probably far more up to speed on the second half of that movie than me. Um, yeah. I mean, the big revelation in Freddy's Dead is that he has a child. Yeah. And in and in the you know, in the first one, uh the mystery that kind of keeps you going. There's a lot that keeps you invested in this. Is first why one. he's but, doing it and how he's doing yeah, it, sort of thing. One of the things is, yeah, who is he? And how is he doing this and why is he doing this? Yeah. And uh, in the sixth one, it's, um, uh, I guess it's kind of like, what is he doing? Like, yeah. okay, who is this kid? Yeah. And <laughs> what is he doing? And uh, how is he doing it? And, oh, Freddy has a kid. Okay, who is the kid? But I think really the mystery of the sixth one is ultimately what's going on. Yeah. Until you realize that they're never going to answer it and they don't know and they don't care and neither should you. And then if you're like me, you fall asleep with your eyes open. Yeah, I'm pretty okay. sure it's the it's Freddy's dead where it's revealed that three demons gave him his powers yeah, it's so in six, right? That that's revealed. Oh, wait. Do you okay? So do you remember that? Um, at the like towards the end of the film, I'd say in the final eighth, um, that. <laughs> so clearly they had a um, 
a, th- a 3D gimmick going with the release of this film um, because suddenly the main character um, is, is handed a pair of 3D glasses by the um, psychologist who has discovered these dream demons. Yeah. And she goes, I'm going to go back in, which just means fall asleep. Um, and then the guy's like, here, you'll need these. Hands her a pair of 3D glasses. And she's like, what are these? And he goes, in the dream world, they're anything. Whatever the fuck that means. Uh, so she puts on the 3D glasses um, and then starts like reaching at the camera and going, whoa, this is crazy. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And then I realized, oh, they must have released this movie with 3D. <laughs> And that was their the audience cue to put your 3D glasses on. And then they go into the dream. And then there's a whole bunch of, like, people thrusting knives at the camera and shit. Fuck. Like, the, the, the bad CGI demons, like, floating in front of the camera and them going, whoa. But I obviously didn't have 3D glasses on, so it was just bonkers. I had... When she's throwing ninja stars at the camera, I guess the ninja stars were meant to be coming off the screen at me. And yeah, so the like the last eighth of the film is dedicated solely to um three really shit effects. 3D sequence. I totally <laughs> yeah. forgot about that. Um, so did you notice that uh, a, a, in the original one there are a few actors that we've watched in previous films? Uh, in the original one, yeah. Um, Johnny Depp. Well, there's Johnny Depp, our boy Johnny Depp. We love Johnny Depp. Um, the mum is uh was the the singer that gets shot at the end of Nashville. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's like her. This is her only other role, um, that she was really famous for. And the dad is John Saxon, who was in the uh, Bruce Lee movie. He was the cool dude. Oh, okay. That's. Okay, yeah. I knew I recognized him from somewhere. I just thought it was interesting that they all ended up in this fucking movie. Um, so, what was the most memorable thing about Freddy's Dead for you? Like, what stuck with you the most? And don't say the 3D. Um, uh, probably um, the, the video game sequence. Like, his first kill... No, his second kill. The first kill was um, the kid with the... Um, Hearing aids, hearing right? Hearing aid, yeah. That was awful. That's just bad. Um, I'm not even gonna go into it. But uh, the second kill, where he kills uh, Brecken Meyer, yeah, uh, Brecken Meyer with a, a mullet. Is Brecken Meyer the fucking road trip dude? Um, he was in yeah. Road Trip and Rat Race and shit. He's in Rat Race. I haven't seen Road Trip. He's in right. a bunch of shit. Um. Yeah, but a, a young Brecken Meyer with a mullet is, uh, he's a stoner and that's his character. He's the, the stoner. And so he's like, um, you know, whoa, dude, um, uh, um, this place is, this is, uh, crazy. Gnarly, bro. Yeah. And, uh, so he, when he falls asleep, Freddy um, sucks him into a video game and then is, and then Freddie is sitting in s- some other place controlling the video game with a joystick. 
And it's a sequence that goes on for so long. It's not scary. Maybe it's meant to be funny. I don't I can know. tell you right now it was meant to be funny. Okay, it's it was, I guess, funny. But was it though? It wasn't even funny. Well, it was trying to be funny. I was I was laughing, but I don't think at the points that maybe the reason that they were thinking unless they was unless they were making fun of the movie, then we had we were on the same level. Yeah. But I was just like, what the fuck is this? But could this you imagine turning shit. up on set? being the AC or something, reading the, the call sheet and finding out that's what you're shooting that day, I have a feeling people would start just taking the piss. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, yeah. No one no one cared. I, 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 if you're going to have, like, these, these jokes that are, like, for children, like, they... So they go in... They realize Breckenmeyer is... Um, dreaming and he's being attacked by freddy because he starts bouncing around the house like a video game yeah and they're like wake him up and they're like no he's in a stoner coma we can't wake him up and then the uh one of the girls goes i'm going in uh so she then just like falls asleep and then goes into that guy's dreams I don't know how they can do that. It's almost like uh, they'd watched uh, The Exorcist 2, The Heretic. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, we could go inside other people's dreams just by just by saying that let's go into the dream. So they, they fall asleep. She goes into the dream and then they confront Freddy and they're like, hey, cut it out. Leave our friend alone. And they take his controller away and then they lock the door and he's like, you forgot the power glove. And then he turns his glove into a um, controller. And then he continues to control him through that, which I guess was meant to be funny, but that's like humor for children. But then like he explodes in into like a bunch of blood and the kill just before that, the guy's fucking head explodes. There's no I'm logic like, to the kills. Surely this movie is rated R, but you've got humor in it for eight-year-olds. I don't understand who the fuck this movie is for. In your in your educated opinion, from seeing one and seeing the last one in the series, how do you think they got to this point? What do you think made them get go from A Nightmare on Elm Street, a... A B-movie, but a really good B-movie. Scary, mm. funny, but subversive to um, to Fruit Loops, essentially. Yeah, well, I'm guessing it was just like, you know, from the sequel and then the subsequent sequels. It's like, okay, what were the things that people liked in the first one? Well... They liked the humor. There's a little bit of humor in the first one, but it's it's in aid of the scares because Freddy is, he has like a sadistic sense of humor. Like when, you know, he's attacking the, the woman in a dream and then she like grabs at his face and then his face comes off. Yeah. And then he starts laughing. Like that's, 
an example of the humor in the film or when he's yeah. like, hey, oh, check this out. And he I'm your boyfriend now. Yeah, yeah, shit yeah. like that. But it's like the fact that, you know, these jokes are in there and they're they're they're, they're funny, but they're, they're gross and insensitive. And it just, it's part of what the character finds funny. Yeah. So they're like, well, we got to have more of that shit in there. But then as these things go, uh, they just get, we, you know, Hey, we've got to make the sequel more of the things that people like. So make it funnier, make it, make it, make it goofier. We got to have the kills be more creative because that's what people liked until eventually they don't even really understand what made the first one effective. And you're on the sixth sequel in six years. No one really gives a shit about being creative about this anymore because it's just a cash machine. So you've got a director who's just looking at a cheat sheet written up by a, you know, intern of an executive who tells you this is what a Freddy movie is. So it has to have these things in it. So now you've ended up with just a mishmash of, of garbage with no soul. Yeah. And it's like, all right, so we got to have humor cartoonishness, but heavy gore. Okay. Uh, it doesn't really, makes sense but i don't care i'm getting paid so here's your fucking shit here's your trash here's your sh absolute garbage yeah i don't know it's it's just depressing that things go in that direction like i'm not i'm a bit of an apologist for the the saw series i find them fun um mm. and they get stupid but they but a lot of them are they do outside of the last one which i don't want to talk about they do kind of still fit the same cohesive tone. Mm. Whereas the, it's just, yeah, slowly but surely these got worn away into something that's just insulting. Yeah. And what I find really weird is uh, that the sixth one tried to um, have like a, a complex narrative to it. And it's like the easiest shit, if you want to make a whole bunch of sequels, about this guy it is the easiest thing you can do is just have each movie be about an a bunch of other teenagers that he terrorizes mm -hmm. you can make them forever and idiots will still show up to see it but for some reason they need to get into the law of freddy add in that oh he had a kid well they kind of oh. do that in all of them they kind of somehow create a through line like in the second one it's the kid lives in the, in Na nancy i think's mm. the girl from the first one her old house yeah. the third one is about nancy again the fourth one's about the kids in the third one i can't remember the fifth one but they, yet they've, they always tried to have a through line with them but yeah, which is which is weird because I can't believe I am gonna criticize them for trying too hard. Yeah, <laughs> but they did. They they're trying too hard in that area. I it's mean, like, if you're gonna if you're gonna sell out and just you know cash in on what people like, then at least do commit it competently. to it. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, what are some other elements? Uh, we've talked a bit about Freddy's Dead. Uh, should we? Is there anything else? that you really liked about the original one or anything that was surprised you when you watched it? Yeah. Well, I mean, the only thing that surprised me, like I've said is, um, that, uh, is actually how 
uh, misleadingly competent it is. Yeah. I mean, like, just one little example I'll give with uh, the the attention to detail, and I really appreciate Wes Craven not hammering us over the head with this stuff. It It is quite subtle that I kind of missed it the first time. So, like, what really made me think, wait, how much of the... Wait, what parts were reality and which parts were dream? And you can never really know. But there was stuff that made me laugh that I realized, oh, wait, maybe that's there to hint that this is a dream. Um, so, like, towards the end, Nancy has been apparently staying up for a long time and um, her mum is just suddenly tucking her into bed yeah. and she's like, okay, good night. And uh, then she walks towards the camera and, and, and turns, uh, turns camera left and then is at the, and then is, um, you know, then we cut to see her at the door and she's to the left of a closet um right and then she leaves then nancy gets up and then just pulls a, another coffee machine out of nowhere which is hilarious and i was like wow what a what a fucking joke but that's a very dreamlike thing to happen that she just suddenly has this another coffee machine fun fact and then what fun fact uh the inspiration for this movie was uh two stories once uh Wes Craven remembered looking at his window and there was a strange man just standing in his street looking in his window all night. Um, and the other story was he read newspaper article, a newspaper article about, a, I, I think, a, a Chinese kid. I don't, I don't mean to... The race doesn't matter, but a kid who um, was convinced that when he went to sleep, he would die. So mm. what he was doing was he was taking all these medications not to go to sleep uh, and doing everything in his power too until his parents parents forced him to go to sleep and you know when he went to sleep he died um and when they were going through his house they just found yeah a coffee machine in his wardrobe <laughs> that's so funny so that joke is actually a reference to the real like to the inspiration behind uh nightmare on elm street so right. it's funny that's that cool. the thing that you're like that's so surreal is the is the thing that's kind of based on reality it's like, there. hey but it could be really happening yeah Okay, so she gets the coffee machine out, pours herself a cup, and then she walks uh, to the end of her bed and then past the camera. We're on camera right, and she keeps walking past the camera. And then we cut to see her at the wardrobe, uh, like, changing her top. And, and that's the same wardrobe that the mum was at before that she turned left to to go towards. And at the time, I was like... Hey, the geography of the room is all fucked up, you idiot. I mean, like, this is filmmaking 101 genius. And yeah. I started, I was laughing. And then later I'm like, oh, wait, that's, but that's like dreams. Like the geography of, in, in dreams is all fucked up. And then it happens in a far more obvious way, just a few scenes later, when Nancy's at the front door and she tries to open it. And then you hear her mum go, locked, locked, locked. And then she turns around, uh, almost barrels the lens 
and then you see her mom like looking back at her or you know looking towards the camera going i locked the door whatever and then she's like mom and then walks towards the camera we cut back to the same shot of the mom but nancy enters frame from the left so again the geography in this shot is so fucked up and it's so jarring that if this was a first year film student you'd be like listen cunt you cannot be this incompetent. Do you understand how this stuff works? One of the first things you need to get in your head is screen direction. Yeah. And so I was like, how the fuck did he have something that bad in here? But then, you know, later on, as I'm lying in bed thinking about it, I'm like, oh, that has to be on purpose. This cunt is not incompetent. Definitely like, not. That had to have been on purpose. And then later on, you realize that that is actually a dream because she fucking says it to Freddie when he comes out of the bed. And, uh, it's the, f and then watching it again, the film is full of little things like that, mm -hmm. that make you think like, you have no idea what's reality, no idea what's a dream. And then it just makes the whole thing really unsettling. I'm still thinking about it. I watched it like a week ago. You should, uh, yeah, maybe, Maybe that's enough of a reason for you to continue watching the series then, I guess. Yeah, and slowly so but can... surely get more and more depressed. <laughs> um, my, I think the best part of the movie uh, is the practical effects. I love mm. the practical effects in this movie. Bar two, one being the in the alleyway when the, the first girl sees him and you see his arms and it's very shit like very yeah. clearly on strings. But even then yeah. that's kind of like still interesting. I still think of it a lot. I get that image in my it's head. Still, it's still charming. Yeah. And then the when the mum gets pulled through the window and it's clearly a fucking blow up doll. Outside of that, the practical effects in this film are mind blowingly awesome. Like the, the yeah. latex wall where he comes through, you know, the the soggy steps. Uh, him coming up through the bed, the room turning around as she's rolling around the roof, getting fucked up. Things that are like so strikingly imaginative in their execution um, mm. that that I think puts this in the classic. Uh, you know, like th it, it's one of the aspects of it that separates this from other slasher movies of the same era. Mm. It's that they clearly had the... He really cared enough to make sure that these things worked and looked good, you know? And then, yeah. and then you think about the time and effort and care put into those. I think that mm. en enhances your point that you think those things on are done on purpose. I very much do think that those errors and those discombobulating things are on mm. purpose simply because of the amount of care that he put into literally everything. Yeah. Uh, that All that stuff just makes... <laughs> uh what what that character turned into all the more sad yeah and, and then and, and uh, then you have you have the kills in freddy's dead that are just yeah looney tunes shit and just look crap like that I, I the, there's a bit in uh freddy's dead where one of the kids is i think the one that he sent is like parachuting right and then he's yeah. like it's it's clearly cgi just the worst cgi i've ever fucking seen and Freddy's just like next to him floating. And I'm just like, where's the imagination? Where's the creativity? Where's the, how, where's how the, the horror? 
Yeah, where's the horror? Why are you trying to make this shit scary? Right. That movie, the the Freddy's Dead was made for $11 million and the original was made for, I'm pretty sure, under $2 million. <laughs> and, and don't get I me mean, wrong, there are what? bits of it that make sense. Like the... Like, you can tell that he's hiding some of the flaws with the movie with shadows, but that's noir. Mm. That that adds yeah. to the to the to the flavor. That adds to the mise en scene, you know? It makes it makes it makes it scary. It makes it it makes it textured. You got a texture to it, you know? Um mm. but yeah, I just don't understand why more means more. You know, why don't you use your money to make things better but more concise like i don't i just i I don't know it's just it's depressing to think about Mm -hmm. um i also really like the hitchcock reference in uh nightmare on elm street um where we're set up to believe that one girl is the main character and then she's just abruptly killed off in the first 10 minutes i thought that was really fun um did you see that coming uh, no, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, like just fun little little nod to Hitchcock that makes it even more horrifying because we we're it we're we're, we're lured into a false sense of security simply because that's the main character, right? She can't die. Yeah, um, yeah and then she gets fucked up, and that she's dead. We don't see her anymore. Yeah. What did you uh think of Johnny Depp in this film? Uh, I quite liked him actually. I was like. Once I saw Johnny Depp, I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I forgot this cunt's in the film. I'm pretty and sure it's his like, first feature film or maybe his yeah. second. It's pretty early on in his career. Yeah, but then I was like, oh, no, wait. I actually like Johnny Depp. Well, I think <laughs> we've had this just, discussion so many times. Yeah, he's just he's just giving a good performance. Mm. I was like, oh, I, I like this guy. I, I think he's completely miscast. Like, he's meant to be a jock. And you've got this Twinkie boy in his fucking... Oh, is he meant to be a jock? Yeah, he's meant to be a jock. And you've got this Twinkie boy in this crop top fucking uh, football shirt. And it's just his little Twinkie abs are out. And it's just like, you're totally miscast. But I'm not complaining oh. because I get to perv on you. So I thought he was meant to be like uh, an artist or, or something. No, he's like... a jock. He's a fucking jock. Oh, okay. Because he's like going around talking about dreams and shit. Like you can tell, like he like reads books about dreams and stuff. Yeah, no. Like, his oh, character okay. I guess makes he's no meant sense. to be. He's meant to be more like a uh, romantic version of the creepy guy from um, American Beauty. Ugh. No, no. He's just a jock. It's just poor casting, but also like, who really fucking cares? You know. Um, yeah. It worked for me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the only thing that really oh, well, one actually this kind of goes with your your theory of it all being, you know, like realizing it's all a dream and all these things that are done on purpose. Um I was watching it with my partner and they pointed out the fact that that uh Nancy set up all the home alone traps in under 10 minutes. Right. Cuz she's like come up in 10 minutes and then in that time it goes into the montage where she's setting up all the traps and it's like no oh, fucking way. Man. Can you set up all these traps in ten minutes? It'll yeah, take you or ten would minutes. She even know how? Yeah, oh, I guess she was reading a book on it or something. Yeah, well, I but... think he gave her a book. The the Johnny Depp gave her a book on guerrilla tactics or something, didn't he? Mm. Yeah, yeah. But... Well, so much of it is unbelievable that it's like hilarious. Yeah, but um, you you know, keep in mind that 
but then you, but then your brain goes, oh wait, maybe this part's a dream. Mm. Oh wait, it can't be because, oh, but then it must be. Oh, but wait, now I don't know. Oh, oh shit. This is freaking me out. Yeah. It's disorientating. And like, I used to be scared of all of the movies, even the ones that became stupid when I was quite young, because like they made me sweat. Like they made mm. me feel sick just simply because of the, it's like the fear of the unknown. Like I, 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 my reptile brain would go, I can outrun Michael Myers. I can outrun Jason Voorhees, but how the fuck am I going to get away from Freddy Krueger? So, mm. it, you know, and you know, you watch these things as, you, you know, I'm watching them as I get older again and that isn't going away. But now with my filmmaker lenses on, things are becoming even more unnerving because there were things mm. that I wasn't conscious of when I was younger in this film that I now am. That's just even more unnerving. Um, is there anything about Freddy's dead that you liked or anything that you laughed at that you thought you were meant to laugh at or... Just something good, you know? No, uh, I liked when he first appears, not when he appears on the, the broom. Right. But when he appears in the bus, mm -hmm. um, I thought that was a nice cut. And I thought the lighting and Freddy's laugh combined looked, looked pretty cool. I love how that's it um, for yeah, you. Yeah, that's, um, that's it. I like the rolling down the hill bit. That made me laugh um, oh, right. at, at the beginning of the movie where he just continually rolling down a hill. I, I <laughs> for, guess it, it's just so... fucking long ass time. Yeah, it's just like the longest hill roll ever. And, you know, and then again, he gets up and he just keeps running. He yeah. doesn't trip over and vomit or anything. No, so that, that made me laugh. Um, that's about it for me. Other than that, it's almost worth watching for how pathetic it is oh yeah and you know like someone gets killed and then you get the obligatory uh freddy krueger pun mm. were you getting sick of the puns by the end of it no i wasn't even really noticing them to be every honest. time he kills someone he says a pun like hear you next time uh, you know like and then bitch like it's just it's Stupid. he's literally a fucking sound box by this one <laughs> Like it's, yeah, it's so, so cut and paste. It's disgusting. Um, um, I liked, I mean, there's so many things that I did enjoy in it, but I don't think I was meant to like, cause it's just stupid. I mean, the fact that it's like set in the future, the opening is like the, the fucking beginning of, uh, escape from New York where it's like, 10 years in the future, Freddy has killed every teenager on Elm Street. It's like, what? The set in the future? What? Then why are they all dressed like it's 1991? Yeah. Well, probably because they didn't know how people dressed in 2001. They didn't even try. I yeah. mean, like, if you're like, hey, uh, the film's set in 2001. Oh, okay. So, uh, I mean, how do we, what are the costumes like? Well, I mean, we don't really know how people are going to dress then, so let's just dress them like people dress now. Who gives a shit? Who cares? I'm pretty sure this one uh, number, like Freddy's Dead, was actually directed by one of the producers. They couldn't actually find a director for it, so the, a producer <laughs> directed it. <laughs> and That's isn't, funny. Doesn't, doesn't that just say everything you need to know about this film? Yeah. 
Um, Just like, okay, whatever. Uh, cut, I guess. Is that what they say? Yeah. Before we uh, move on to the reviews, is there anything... Because I, I don't know. I don't have anything else I can really say about Freddy's Dead, except for I couldn't even be fucking bothered to finish it this time. Mm. Um, anything else you want to talk about the original one? No. No, I think I've said everything I have to say, but I highly recommend it. Yeah, cool. Okay, let's uh, let's get into those reviews. Okay, so IMDb review by Atula. Uh, 10 out of 10 uh, from 1999. A horror classic. I love the early internet shit. Yeah. Um, the nightmare has been recently on in our TV, and I must admit that even after those 14 years, it made a deep impression on me. I saw the film for the first time in 1989, and at that time I was scared because I was just a teenager then. But now I can see that the film has got something unique, which makes the film different from other horror movies. I think it's down to the basic idea of the, this film. Dreams and everything that can happen in our dreams sometimes become true. The authors of this film did not have to be bound with the need to stay realistic, and that opens a free way to their wildest imaginations. Charles Bernstein's music in this movie has become classic, and we can hear the basic melodic motive in some of the sequels. Original music composed by different authors in the sequels to this first nightmare stays far, far behind Bernstein's masterpiece. That, that um, is a good shout. The, the music is really good. That's the top-rated review. Uh, Dane, sometimes I don't want to send you communist manifestos. Do you want me to send you communist manifestos that have, like, 13 paragraphs? No, nah, that's okay. I'd rather these paragraph-long reviews that are just, like, me likey, good film. But, yeah, uh, well, you know I what? didn't even notice the music, to be honest. I, I, I did. It. It, it had a really cool... Uh, 80s synthy sort of vibe to it and then do 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 you know i, I think uh, the music is really good in the first one for sure oh okay yeah uh see i don't remember it but i i now that you've said that i do remember my wife saying that she didn't like it oh. she goes she goes it's like it's 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 got that 80s thing I was like, yeah, it was made in the 80s. She's like, yeah, but I mean, like, it's I don't so like 80s. that. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Um, bad review. Okay. One out of 10 review by Chris Stewart uh, from 2004. Um, who took over the casting after Johnny Depp was cast? Oh. Besides Johnny besides Johnny Depp, and even he wasn't so great with his lack of time, this was lack of time? What the what fuck? Timing? Is that what they mean? Uh like or maybe. screen this, time because he's barely in lack it of, lack of oh yeah probably that uh this was the worst horror movie imaginable what kruger was a friggin clown and a putz <laughs> the main character was the worst actress since the backup extra from my seventh grade school play the whole movie was a joke especially the visible mattress when freddy fell over the stair rail I mean, they didn't even try to hide it. Uh, I, I've remember. never seen that before. Did you see the, the mattress? No. The entire plot was absurd. I never... But even if I did... Who cares? I, I like I, I like that shit, you know? Yeah. When they, when, like, when they fucking, like... You can, you can see the strings sometimes. Yeah. But, you know... Uh, the entire plot was absurd. I never felt the slightest tint of fear. And I mostly wanted to barf at the close-ups on the girl's face. <laughs> what? The only, <laughs> the, only 
The only part of this movie I enjoyed was the bathtub scene. Ugh. And only because I am an 18-year-old kid without a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I piss on this movie. Wes Craven and especially the casting director for tying Johnny Depp's great name to such a horrible film. I like how this person at least admitted that they like the bathtub because they're fucking horny. Like, yeah, at least they're not ashamed to just admit the truth. Can I just say that I was really creeped out by those scenes? Like, and then when she changes her top and you got like side boob and because I'm, I know that she's over 18, the actress, but isn't she meant to be like a 15 year old girl? I think she's like something? 17 or something. I don't know. I was just like the bathtub scene. I didn't like because oh, I, I found like, it scary. The hand coming up and he's a pedophile. He's a fucking pedophile. Yeah. That's who the character is. Sure. Although not in this film. I know that Craven intended for that to be the case. And they were like, hell no, dude. Um, but well, it, one, it is, it is implied them. in the original one. Yeah. You know, okay. He was, he was like killing the, taking the children and killing them. Like it's implied that, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's Fair implied. Enough, but I was just like, I felt like, you know, that stuff is there. Well, I'm I'm supposed to be getting horny over this, and we're not. I, I, we're, didn't we're, I don't think we were that. meant to be getting horny about it. Do you really uh, feel that way? Yeah, because why else did she take her top off? Interesting. I don't know. I didn't feel that about the bathtub. Just like goes over to the the bathtub, not so much. But when she goes over to the wardrobe to take her, she just changes her top that's it to me i i just like all i could picture was a, a producer in craven's ear being like come on let's get a bit of skin in this film huh so it's, it's a horror movie after all we yeah gotta get a bit bob shea you know, would be like that um i was like oh, i that scene was so insignificant to me i can't actually remember her taking her top off Mm. So I just, I guess it's just a testament. I'm just not paying attention to that stuff, but the bathtub, because it's like involved in a horror sequence and genuine fear. I definitely noticed that. Um, yeah, but I'm not getting horny like an 18 year old or whatever the fuck that kid said. Yeah. He's like, the only part I enjoyed was the bathtub scene. And only because I'm an 18-year-old kid without a girlfriend. That's a weird thing for him to admit. It's a very, um, it's a bit too much information. <laughs> Yeah, um, <laughs> different time, two thousand and four, I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, this guy is older than me now. Uh, good on him. Like, yeah, hopefully he I found hope a girlfriend and maybe I likes. I hope he's got a girlfriend now yeah. and enjoys this film these days. Yeah, maybe grew into it. Anyway, let's read the reviews for Freddy's okay. Dead. Okay, uh, I'll read this. Um, oh shit, I gotta zoom in on this one. I can save the poor copy of it. All right. So uh, this one is titled The Final Embarrassment, uh, 1 out of 10 by Coventry, um, 2005. Unimaginably stupid, redundant, and humiliating closure to the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Part 6 is so incompetent that it looks like director Rachel Talalay intentionally wanted to turn Wes Craven's initial premise into one big, bad, and tasteless joke. This yep, is just the worst entry in the Elm Street saga. It's also one of the most embarrassing horror movies ever made, and it downright offends fans of the genre. 
The story is dumb. The character drawings are ridiculous. The character drawings. Oh, I, I think, I think she means that they're, they're like drawings of, they're two dimensional. Yes. Uh, the structure is all murky and most of all, the special and visual effects resemble those of a Tom and Jerry cartoon. The sequences in which Freddy Krueger murders his victims are endless and very uninteresting. We were supposed to be petrified when jabbering Freddy turned Breckenmeyer into a video game character and Pogo sticked him around the walls of a house. The story takes us back to Springwood and it appears that Freddy all of a sudden has a middle-aged daughter. You'd think he would mention that in one of his previous adventures, but no, there's only one teenage survivor in Springwood and Kruger uses him to get into contact with his long-lost daughter. Another reason why this final installment is so awful is the completely illogical structure. The John Doe boy is introduced as the leading character, but then all of a sudden he dies and the plot continues to revolve on two adults. Yeah, I, I, I thought that that was meant to be like, I didn't, I didn't mind that. I didn't think it was good, but I, I thought that that was meant to be kind of a bit like the original where mm. you establish a main character and then kill them off. It's shit, but that's what I thought that that was supposed to be. It was not, I just didn't feel like it was done for the same reason or they even really thought about it, to be honest. Yeah, other than just I'm not going to give them um, enough credit to think about it with this film. Yeah, I don't think they did it for the the same reasons or if they they even know why that works. Like Wes Craven, I think even though he's probably paying homage to um, Psycho by establishing a lead uh, and then killing her off i think he understands why that was effective and then employed it uh using the same technique to get the same effect sure in this one they're just like oh you know what we gotta have we gotta have establish a lead and then kill him off because that's what the first one did full circle it's the end of the series (laughs) (laughs) it's like poetry yeah um, okay. The plot continues on two adults. How about that? Freddy Krueger, who spent five entire films killing nothing but teenagers, eventually gets beaten by two adults wearing 3D glasses. Sort of like ruins the whole essence, doesn't it? As far as I'm concerned, Nightmare on Elm Street has been a dreadfully overrated series, but up until now, even the weakest entries had at least some redeeming elements. Freddy's dead, however, is simply unendurable and nobody should waste his, her precious time watching it um i wouldn't say that necessarily if you if you like watching trashy horror that you can laugh at it's not a bad one. Oh no i agree it's it fits right into that so bad it's mm. not good but entertaining yeah yeah I, I i i think so but i understand um that it is it is pretty offensive and if you um if you're expecting I mean, if you, the original, of course it's offensive. Yeah, and if you if you sort of are someone who, you know, takes uh, film canon seriously, then you'll be like, no, this is fucking bullshit. Freddie wouldn't do that. Um, yeah, but you you can just watch it and ignore it. Like the first one's still there. Um. Okay. So this is this is the one I've been looking forward to. A ten out of ten review. Fuck for yes. Nightmare on Elm Street six. So, uh, by Missy B 101 in 2006, scary in my mind, 
10 stars. Is that a pun? Um, I don't Because he's in your mind? Maybe. Yeah, I guess. Ugh. <laughs> the movie Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, is just as horrific and disturbing as every other nightmare on Elm Street. Yes, it has comedy essence about it, so has all the other films. But how can anyone possibly say that you wouldn't find Freddy Krueger scary? If you were to come across this man in your dreams, you wouldn't find him even more scary with a comic essence about him because his comedy shows that he doesn't care at all about killing you, that he finds it extremely funny. And Freddy also plays comic mind games with them, which in its own way is very disturbing. By using his comic ways, I think that makes the horror movies Nightmare on Elm Street what they are today. The writers are extremely clever, making Kruger comic and scary as opposed to Jason Voorhees, who doesn't say anything and has got the wit to truly frighten his victims. This movie is about as good as Freddy's wit gets. And I would recommend it to anyone with a sense of humor. And by the way, don't fall asleep. Um, it's 2006. Did you write this? No, I didn't. Are you sure? Because it's written by like a 11 year old. Yeah, no, I, I never really liked the last one anyway. I've never liked this one, even when I was really, a kid. even when you were a kid. No, I didn't. No, I the lot like I really didn't like this one or the Dream Child. So I didn't. I never liked five or six. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, no, this yeah. is not written by me. I would never stoop that low. This is like, um, damn it! I fucking was really hoping that this was competent because <laughs> I'm just like, oh, okay, they're like. An idiot, a child. or they, yeah, yeah, they're a child or something, because you know they're just like, this movie actually is good because Freddy Krueger is scary. You telling me that if you saw this guy in your dreams, you wouldn't be scared? I don't think so, Buster. Yeah, well, right. yeah, okay then. Um, final <laughs> thoughts and uh, sorry, I just have nothing to say for that review. Yeah, it's just fucking yeah. a nothing review. <laughs> I was wanting something to get annoyed about, and now I'm just depressed. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so what are your final thoughts on both of these movies and your fart ratings? Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street is, uh, I think it's a really great film. I, th I think it's actually exceptional. And this is coming from someone who, uh, I'm a wanker. So it means I didn't want to like it because I knew it was a classic because it's more interesting. To you are not a bit like pretentious like that, aren't you, Dane? Yeah. And um, I didn't like it the first time watching. I was laughing at it, and then it stayed in my head, and I rewatched it. And now, honestly, I think it's brilliant, and um, probably gonna watch it again. And because of that, I'm gonna watch more Wes Craven movies. Um, it's really got me into thinking about that guy. Cool. Um, and analyzing what he does. So highly recommend it. Ten out of ten. Uh, absolute classic for a reason. Um, Freddy's Dead is one, one, one fart. It's such a dog shit, embarrassing movie. Yeah. I felt, I felt bad for everyone. A cash involved. grab that doesn't really make money is just the doesn't even thing grab ever. the cash. That's sad. <laughs> That's pathetic. Yeah. Um, yeah, but still check it out because it's fucking uh mind-bending how shit it is and uh i would recommend watching the first one and then the sixth one if you haven't seen any of them going straight from one to six was a hell of a trip 
So, oh, that, that sounds mind... Like, without the context of the other ones, it sounds mind fuckery as all hell. Yeah. Um, yeah, so 9 out of 10 farts for the original one. I fucking love it. Um, sometimes the acting, I think, is a bit too ham-fisted for me. Like Maybe it's a dream. Maybe it's a dream. Who knows? Um, but I love the visuals. Um, some things seem a bit shonky because of the amount of money they had which does make me admire it more, but also, like, I can't give it points for something I don't necessarily know. So, yeah, 9 out of 10. I fucking love it. It's a subversive, awesome horror with a bit of comedy. Makes you think, makes you feel scared, which is, you know, what happens. I like the music. Yeah, I, I, I can barely fault the fucking movie. Uh, Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, 1 out of 10 farts. Uh, and that one is simply because I laughed when the guy was rolling down the hill. I have nothing else to say about it other than that. Cool. Yeah, that's it. Rolling down a hill. And um, nothing. Yeah, fuck. Everything else was just insulting my intelligence. Um, I, I don't like the fact that it was just him making puns, being overly lit, and just really shitty, uncreative kills. Mm. like oh the head explodes i think you said it best when it's like it 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 does feel like uh like an mtv commercial yeah or like you know uh um like some bullshit mtv thing that they filmed for the beginning of the mtv movie awards yeah felt like a Um, bunch of sketches yeah like a parody of freddy krueger but yeah he became a parody obviously um yeah so what are we watching in our little halloween horror special month what are we watching next dan well i thought we should um like make the easy leap over to the best and the worst of friday the 13th fair fair okay so closely related so which uh what uh what is the stipulations in terms of movies in that well i mean they're, these two franchises are so similar in the, their, their history where they had the crossover film and one remake. So I think we ignore those and just go with the first 10. So do you count Jason X in that as well? The sci-fi adventure? Hell yeah. Fuck. Okay, cool. So I'll do the math and we're going to be watching the best and worst of the Friday the 13th series. Thanks for listening and talk to you next week. Bye-bye.